0: Welcome to Respect My Crown, the podcast. I am Jillian J.J. Simmons. Respect My Crown is a community that is designed to support women who desire to step into the abundance that awaits them. We know that now is the time to manifest our visions, realize our dreams, and accomplish our goals. Respect My Crown is a support system that encourages women to deepen sisterhood, accountability, and service. Our special guest today has been in the entertainment industry for quite some time, over a decade, as a radio personality, television host, actress, reality TV star, entrepreneur, marketing professional. She is currently on the air at Atlanta's number one radio station, B103, and she's creator and host of Girl Power Hour radio syndicated show. Jay Nash is also a member of the Boys and Girls Club of Metro Atlanta Champions Club for Girls and Off the Field Wives, which is a national football player wives association. She sits on the board of the Mac and Miracles, providing relief for widows and children. And she is a member of ColorCom, which is Women of Color and Communications. Recently, she created the Girl Power Outreach Program, which inspires and empowers young girls around the world. She is the author, one of the authors of Girl Power Uncensored, which uh, we're going to dive into a little bit today. I just want to say that Jay Nash is the realist, okay? Uh, I've had the opportunity- to work <laughs> to work with Jay Nash in Atlanta during my brief stint at V103, and she was always a joy to speak to. Every, every Sunday, we would see each other, and um, she keeps it real, and I'm so appreciative of that. So welcome, Jay Nash, to the show. Yeah. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. I mean, now I'm you reading off the bio. I'm like, goodness, what do I got time for myself?
0: You, know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't ever realize how much you do. Bio, you like, oh, I'm tired. Look, <laughs> yeah, good, a lot. Yeah, uh, I've known you from from doing radio while, you know, this was our first time really interacting, um, over the springtime when I was at V103, um, I know that you have been in the entertainment industry for some time, but there were things that I did not know about you that I learned through our conversation. Like I did not know that you were on reality TV and you, you don't even come across to me as a reality TV girl. You were on, um, (laughs) Tough Love, right? On VH1. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like for you,
1: oh my gosh girl they um it was it was actually really good it was just different um the demographics is different too uh it was a show that catered to um caucasians and um but the actual dating coach on the show it's a dating coach y'all it's a dating show okay and oh. Yeah, it was a it's a dating show, and Steve, who was the host of the show and matchmaker, has mom had like a billion dollar matchmaking business out in L. A. And um, yeah. apparently, I had issues that at the time um, I didn't know, I didn't realize. You know, I mean, it's something that uh, I guess you have to go and just be secluded in a home with eight other people and have some <laughs> liquor around all the time.
0: So you realize you <laughs> <he's> got issues. <laughs> Liquor will bring out the issues, boy. (laughs) Tell me about it.
1: But it was good, it was good. You know, Steve actually stripped me all the way down. And, um, you know, for a long time, well, during the show, I kind of felt like he was kind of picking on me because I was a widow and, uh, but I didn't realize some of the things that I was saying. And, um, you know, I mean, for me and my culture, um, from, you know, being an African-American woman who is a mom, I never thought to say late husband when talking to people. I would always still address Damon some six, seven years after he had been deceased as my husband. And yeah. um, I, I didn't realize that, you know, hey, you're no longer really married. And there's, a, I guess, a proper term to say or talk about your significant other or your kid's father. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way I could be around my child. And say late husband, my child's father. Like it didn't dawn on me at that time, but now that makes sense, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he really, he really made me realize a lot of different things, and I'm really, I was so grateful for the platform because I didn't really even watch the show. I gotta be honest, I didn't. Um, like I don't even think I'm reality TV prone either.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I had family and friends who watched it. Of course, they always had something to say. So. <laughs>
0: And you're a beautiful girl, so, you know, you Thank would you. be great for, you know, reality TV. Do you watch any reality TV now? Yeah. Um you know, What's okay. your show? What is, like, I can't miss this? I mean,
1: well, my show is, of course, Real Housewives, the whole, actually, though, first of all, Beverly Hills, okay? <laughs> Atlanta, Real Housewives of Atlanta. You know, because Beverly Hills, they really got money, money, you know? So it's like... right. It's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Um Real Housewives of Atlanta, I watch. My girlfriend's watching Girls' Crew with Kim and Maya on there. Um And I watch a few other shows That's you know, maybe like some HGTV shows. And um if I can catch maybe an episode of like Love and Hip Hop or something like that, I will. Just to kind of stay in the dough. Yeah. But it's not something that I watch like all the time. It's just to kind of stay you know, as a regular personality, we got to stay in the know of what's happening, what's trending. And so, you know, I may hear about it on social media, so I will probably pull it up on demand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Girl, I'm surprised you even have time to watch TV because I follow you on Instagram. And when I tell you that Jay Nash is out in them streets making a difference, yes. you're like, you are doing it. And I'm I'm so excited about, you know, Girl Power and Tell me about, you know, Girl Power Outreach and and what exactly you all are doing to empower these girls.
1: Yeah, so um, I created Girl Power Outreach as a, a safe space for young girls. You know, I have a teenager and um, although I'll be out in these streets the majority of the time, my daughter's the one who's taking the photo. Um, and she just doesn't like, <laughs> I don't know, she just doesn't like taking photos of me for something, some reason, you know. And then too, I don't want her to expose her. Uh, to so many different people that's out in the world because we're just living in a society now where people feel like they can say and do what they want, and oh, so I yeah. try to protect my daughter as much as possible, as much as I can. Uh, but you know, Girl Power Outreach is to create a safe space. And I know that, and early on, I realized that my daughter, especially with losing her dad, that I was her only living parent. That there may be times, because I know I I've had my times with my mom, and and you know. There's some resentment and a lot of other things growing up, so I realized that I had to create resources for my daughter. And in order for me to do that, I had to get other women um, that I would look up unapologetically and who they are and their truth. But at the same time, is making an impact. I needed to get these women together, so therefore that they could inspire young girls like me when I was younger and like my daughter right now. And so. Um, Creating that safe space is that, you know, if my daughter doesn't feel comfortable talking to me about things, that there is a woman there that she can create a relationship or have a relationship with that she could go and talk to about different things from bullying, um, you know, um, from just different things that she experienced as a young lady who is in society in eighth grade right now, you know? So uh, yeah. it's all about yeah. that. We do mission trips. Uh, we went to Haiti last year. And gave Ooh. back the vision of grace. Yep. So every year we take a trip, and um, through the Boys and Girls Club, my program, Girl Power Outreach, is a, a program in the Boys and Girls Club where uh, we go in. We had a um, a panel discussion. We bring women in, and we, you know, these girls talk to us everything about what they're going through from uh, sex. You know, they can't talk to their mom about that, and so hey, right. you know, we're there to talk to them about protection and, you know, abstaining and a whole lot of other things that, but we try to be so real with our teenage girls in making sure that we are relatable, um, that we try to give them really valuable information that they can value themselves, value their self-worth, love each other, sisterhood, create the sisterhood and the alliances. And um, that's, you know, that's really what it's all about. And I'm I'm just grateful um, that they're receiving us. They're receiving the women. And we went co-ed last year. So I'm happy that the young men received the men um, because, you know, listen, we can't oh, go out that- here and keep empowering
0: these girls and can't do nothing with these young men. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's amazing. You know, um, our lives are so parallel. When I started my I me Foundation, I did it because of my daughter and just... Really terrified of what kind of role models would be out there. Because, you know, as a single mom, especially, no matter how much we pour into our kids, they are still going to be influenced as soon as they walk into that school. And I can't be with her all day. And so, wanting to make sure that she's making the best choices and that, you know, she's hanging around the right people, it was just really important to. You know, do that work just like you're doing to help build these girls and build their self esteem, so that they can be great role models to other girls. Because the fact is, you know, we don't really choose the role or to a role model. You know, we don't. Sometimes it just sometimes somebody's just looking up to you, and you don't even know it. And it's so important that we are being um, a great example. Um, This year, you released girl power uncensored and i mean as soon as you open this book y'all <laughs> <laughs> i will mean, be like just the first story and then it just keeps going and going. you're like you will not be able to put it down because all these stories are so relatable like i'm i'm looking at several people's stories thinking oh my gosh you know this this was me yeah. um even in your own story, you know, you talk about dating this guy who um, wanted to kill himself. And I know what it's like to date somebody. Um, Actually, I've I've done it. I know for sure twice where I've dated someone who was not mentally healthy and um, without, you know, going through obviously your whole story, because we want people to be able to pick up this book, girl power uncensored. Um, Can you just share a little bit of that experience and why it was important for you to share this story? Yeah. um, You know, I mean, when I created
1: Girl Power Hour, we were on an FCC-regulated station um, with those syndications at Clear One and also in Nashville. And, um, you know, I just felt like that everybody that I would have come on the show, you know, they would go all the way around to talk about, their story. And I was like, you know what, it's time to go uncensored. It's time to really share our stories because we have to heal. And me personally, I needed to heal so therefore I could really open myself up to find love again. And um, there yeah. there were a few stories, um, at least three different situations that um, I spoke about in the book on relationships that pretty much um, hindered me from finding love, in that particular story was being young. I, I was like 21 at the time when, you know, this guy who, you know, completely had mental health issues that I was oblivious to because he showed no signs. But yet think about the average 21-year-old girl in college or the, you know, 19, 18-year-old girl in college or 16, 15-year-old girl in high school who thinks they're in a relationship and love and yet, there's some mental illness or mental issue that's going on with someone that you like that you're dating, <laughs> and you know these girls are being abused every single day, whether it's verbal abuse, physical abuse uh mental abuse, whatever it is, it's something that's happening, and I felt that it was time for me personally to share my story. Everyone probably knew that I was a widow, and that would be the only story, but they didn't know more about jay, so it was really time for me to talk about myself. And then I was truly inspired, um, and I knew I was on the right track. Actually, the book was already in the making when Forever First Lady, yes, Michelle Obama <laughs> went on tour, um, on her Becoming tour, and I had already read her book, and just seeing her talk on stage and saying that no one can tell your story like you. That yeah. was confirmation that, you know, as I continued to become a catalyst for change and impact and wherever my career go to the next level and wherever I'm going, that I may run into someone feel like they can share my story. But here I am sharing my story myself. I'm stripping myself and I'm sharing really intimate details about what has happened in my life that how I became Jay and yeah. who am I. And so, you know, I mean you you can attest to uh, being in this industry and people knowing you for JJ, not no one really knew you for Jillian Simmons. Right. Right. Is that it?
0: It, Yeah. I
1: appreciate you so much for sharing your name because at the end of the day, when you get in that mirror and JJ is stripped away from you, who are you? Yeah. So when I'm stripped away from Jay Nash, I'm still Judy Nash and that's someone that I had to go back and revisit.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I feel like sometimes, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it seem like it's a a problem over and over? It's like, you know, you you date somebody, you can lose yourself in a relationship. Then I got to find myself again. I had a daughter and then I had to find myself again. You know what I mean? I got divorced. I had to find myself again you know what i mean it's like yeah it no, seems you like do. it's just a, a a reoccurring process
1: right it's a recurring process and it's an issue that i see that women face a lot is that because it's, we're always revol- uh evolving and we're you know you may go every time you go through a relationship and on some real talk because i'm uncensored in this day and age i'm in it's also about that we don't heal before we go into another relationship we automatically jump into something else to kind of have that rebound so that we won't be alone. And we probably need that time to just heal through going through that divorce, going through a breakup, you know, going through or facing challenges in life. It's okay for a super to just back up for a few minutes and just go through the process of reinventing herself and find out who she is all over again. That's okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, we grieve relationships good or bad when when a relationship is over there's a grieving process right especially if you were really in love with this person like i said whether the relationship ended up good or bad um there's grieving it's you know and then it's the steps of grieving it's like sometimes you're in denial like i can't believe this is over my happily ever after has ended um but you you've experienced Grieving on a, a, a whole different level when your husband passed away.
1: Being 25 and girl thinking you got to pick a fence, your husband, and, you know, the NFL, you know, things are just on the up and, you know, everything to me at that time was picture perfect. I had it. We had it all, you know, the family and everything. And then all of a sudden, boom, it just come to a halt. It just ends abruptly that messed me up i think now i'm looking back and i'm in i'm past the 35 club but i look back and i think about jay at 25 and jay at 37 and being 25 coming from an inner city community you know and watching my husband also an inner city community kid you know accomplish his dream and then all of a sudden it comes to a complete stop and a halt, changed my life forever. Yeah. I remember being so depressed. I would throw up. I got to be honest. I don't even remember my, my late husband's funeral um, simply because I just tapped out. You know, I, yeah. I, I didn't know what was happening. I Gratefully, I had some amazing friends and family members who helped put, all I know is I was spending the money. That's all I had, girl, was money. I had nothing else. I had yeah. nothing else. I had a six-month-old daughter, and everything was money. It was hey, you gotta pay for this. You gotta pay for this. I believe I spent, even with the NFL going half with me, my half on Damon's funeral probably was about fifty grand. Oh. And now I go back and I look at it. Well, because people take advantage of you when you're grieving, and yeah. when you're you know tapped out. And I go back and I'm looking at. The numbers maybe like what 10 years from now and i look at the numbers and i'm like he, Damon would have been all right if he would have been buried and had nice, you know burial but i got the strong yeah. hands, doves and i haven't got the fault with uh I, was, I, was, I, was, I can't even get more into it but that's all i yes. had was money i had nothing else everything else was stripped and taken away from me and i couldn't look at my daughter because she is his twin it's like he Reincarnated oh, himself in yeah. her. Yeah. It was one of the worst times of my life, uh, JJ. I, I. Um, How long do you think it took you to heal from that? Girl, I'm still healing. I mean, it to really just kind of get through it and just to get through that process. It probably took about ten years. I mean, the first four years, I was still wearing a wedding ring. Um, yeah. I. How did he pass know, away? Cardiac arrest. Uh, so Damien <laughs> passed from cardiac arrest in 2007. We were actually doing a charity event in St. Louis, um, and, and all his family and friends and a few of his uh, teammates were all there, and he collapsed as, um, in front of everyone. And, um, you know, the one thing I can't, I think I had to come to terms with this. Uh, a day before, so my birthday is February 21st. Damien passed February 24th, and wow. on the 23rd, we had, um, I was in Indianapolis, and for my birthday with family, and, and Faith and I was there, and he was just like, hey, come back here. We were going through some really hard times in our relationship. Like, the devil was busy during that time. And yeah. uh, I remember Damien saying, no, come down here. You know, I'm I'm done with the cheating, the set and the third. I said, well, you know. I don't wanna go back to St. Louis because one of the girls that he was messing with was in St. Louis and I figured mm-hmm. if I show up for the game that she's gonna show up and I don't you know, if we're trying to get on our feet, we're trying to get things back to normal. I don't wanna yeah. be, you know, receptive to that. And he was like, I don't care, come. So we drove down, me and faith, we drove down, girl, and the twenty third his friend is a his friend, uh, one of his really good friends' father is a pastor. We went to the church, me facing him and a few other friends were sitting in church, and Damon rededicated his life back in church and died wow. the next day. is it that crazy? That that,
0: that, that, that is how God I is awesome. got
1: through it. That, that yeah. is how I got through it. After I realized that to be asking from the body to be present with the Lord and understanding how my God worked, and also yeah. realizing that. That was the best way to take someone. What if Damon was out and about? It could, it could have been anything, you know. But God took him right at that very moment after he rededicated his life back to God. After ten years from now, you know, it's been thirteen. That's what made me realize and get through the turmoil and the depression and everything because it was about building a closer relationship with God, understanding how He works, and yeah. I just, I'm grateful. That, you know, if if I was to have to go, take me while I'm praising you.
0: Right, 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 right. I'm with you on that. I know you um, you know, through the healing process, you know, you have to dive back in, like you said, to finding yourself and then also just really embracing self love. What are some ways that you love on yourself? You know, what does self-love and self-care look like for you?
1: So well, after you read the bio, I was just like, dog, I mean, do I spend enough time <laughs> with my- <laughs> um, But yes, I do take time out for myself. Like during the day when my daughter's at work, I'm sorry, at school, um, this is the time where, you know, I meditate. Um, um, I don't get on. I used to get on the phone first thing in the morning now. And I'm like, girl, let me brush my teeth, get myself together now. But, um, you know, I meditate. And um, I reflect on, you know, the entire week. Like, what did I do from now to Wednesday? Um, you know, how how does Jay get better? And, um, you know, it's affirmations, telling myself that, you know, I am love. I am this. I am that. I am a creator. I am an amazing mom. I am this. And um, so, you know, those, having those affirmations and, you know, just thanking God, first thing I do in the morning makes me feel good. But also, honey, girl, I got to go get that massage. I got my weekly massage <laughs> schedule, yes. you know, week <laughs> and, you know, got my girls, my girl time with my girl squad, you know, we got that going yes. Friday. So everything is, you know, I mean, I, I had to really get on a schedule and I had to set a balance in my life so I won't be so overwhelmed and, you know, not just being overwhelmed with life and, and work and. You know, motherhood and things like that. Because my daughter's an athlete, so it's like, okay, you know, we have a schedule, Ooh. we have a routine. Yeah, and, and 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 having that routine is okay. Cool. During the day, up until four o'clock, I'm free to make do things I need to do. I'm having dinner, starting dinner at four before she gets home because she's always hungry when she gets home from school. Yeah, doing <laughs> homework, and then mm. it's track practice, and then it's, you know, it's, it's. it's it's creating a balance in your life. And, and sometimes that balance, you know, we still try to figure it out and I'm still trying to figure it out. But yeah, uh, one thing I, I tell women all the time is that um, love on you and love on you first, because my daughter, you know, when she, if she sees me sad, she's sad, you know, everything is, uh, it really takes off your energy. And so energy is so important. So it's important for me to make sure that, I'm having great energy so that in the morning when I'm getting her up and getting her prepared for school, when she comes home, you know, she I may be overwhelmed but, or frustrated. And I'm not allowing her to see that me overwhelmed or frustrated. I'm allowing her to see that, you know, there's some happiness. And then the things I have to deal with on my own, I pick up the phone, call my therapist, honey, I did not mind
0: calling my therapist. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because, Still, after all this time in in our community, people are so terrified of going to therapy and sitting down on somebody's couch and and talking it out. What I am excited about, though, is that in the last maybe year, maybe two years, we've seen more celebrities come out publicly and talk yeah. about uh, you know their their mental health and. And how important, you know, therapy is and how therapy has, has changed their lives. What when, Do you remember the first time you actually went to therapy? And and yeah. why do you feel like it's so important?
1: I had a grief counselor. Um, I went to therapy for three years after Damien passed away. Uh, because, yeah. again, you know, we were going through so much and I just didn't know what happened. Um, that was the first time I was introduced to therapy is at 25. And um, you know I have a therapist now, and I've had my therapist for five years. And like you said, I go sit on the couch. We've built enough relationship that you know if I'm going through some stress because our job can be really stressful, you know, uh, especially yes. when you are a creative being and you're being held back from being creative. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That takes a toll on you. And so I was just on the phone with my therapist. You know, she. You know, I text her and be like, hey, you know, if we have an appointment, typically I try to get to her um, two times a month on, you know, sitting on her couch. And once a week, we take a 30-minute call. And um, she is amazing. She listens to me. And it's just a listening ear, you know, and, you know, give me advice on, you know, how to proceed. Because sometimes I act, I'm impulsive, you know, I listen, I got my vices. um, But at the same time, (laughs) You got to listen to, I I, I have someone that um, I invested in and someone that I trust. And um, I go to her and I talk to her about, you know, different things. You know, even um, right now with my daughter being a teenager in eighth grade, it's, you know, she's going through a lot. You know, she's a chocolate drop. And people, every time I go to parent-teacher conferences or go up to school, it's always, you don't look like your mom. Oh, wow. What?
0: Are, yeah. And, um, you know, my daughter's the of... same, though. My daughter is yeah. exactly the same. My daughter yeah. looks more like her dad, so she's very chocolate, mm-hmm. and people say the same, like, you know, that you don't look like yeah. else, but...
1: It's so crazy what these kids have to go through, and so she has a therapist as well, and, you know, it's my job to, you know, assure her that she's beautiful. It's my job to make sure that I let her know um that you know, hey, love yourself and she's a funny kid. She's like a comedian and so, you know, she gets a Jonas and everybody else and her too and so it's, girl, it's it's you know, she goes through so much and so, you know, I had to get my daughter also a therapist because she's bullied, you know. It's what kid wants to just hear yeah. that, girl, you are black, you you know what I'm saying, you don't look like your mama. It's just all kinds of stuff and it's
0: It's like, terrible. You know,
1: yeah, who are these
0: kids and who are their parents? And but it, and you know, it everyone is just hurting. It's nothing but projection, right? It's like yeah, the the uh, you know them not feeling good about themselves leads them to saying these things, and it's such a vicious cycle. Because you're right, who are their parents? You know that aren't loving mm-hmm. on them because they're missing something. It's just such a vicious cycle, and it which really is why is. it's you know, the work that you're doing with these girls is so impactful because sometimes they don't, they don't have that opportunity to get what you're giving your daughter at home. You know what I mean?
1: Yep. And so that's my job. If it wasn't for the Boys and Girls Club and having the counselors there for me, you know, I don't know where I would be. And so, you know, I've always been an advocate for the Boys and Girls Club and trying to help them revamp their programs. But You know when i'm looking at these girls and although you know i am a woman i like to be you know i like to feel good i like to to be sexy sometimes at the end of the day you know i still have to go back and i have to say that you know jay that's okay and explain to these young girls that i'm like a whole 30 some year old woman you know i right lot of things (laughs) that, that i've done you know when i was younger yeah there i do regret because i didn't realize that some photos stay out there when i did them forever so you have to be careful oh yeah and you have oh to be, my you God. have to be careful for that type you we have we are so real with our girls that when they're finished like we give them numbers they call us talk to us about uh, some boy that they like but yeah it's like girls you don't put you know i would love to post me in a two-piece bathing suit but then there'd be a thirst bucket they it thirst trap photos or whatever you call it. yeah like, you know we can't it's so crazy that women have to be so censored to feel good in their bodies without it being hey, thirst bucket photo no i'm just doing it for me but i tell my girls um, all the time that even if you do that you know it's still a way to have some class and oh, you know yeah. if that's if that's what you choose to post, just make sure it is not you know that that photo is going to follow you forever so just be yeah. open-minded and be careful and be mindful of what it is that you're doing because it could hinder yeah. you in the long run from your job look at our president and what his wife was doing and look how they put,
0: they're talking about that you know oh yeah oh yeah It, it's, you know, you said something about having some regrets. It's funny. My next question was, you know, finish the sentence. If I knew then what I know now.
1: (laughs) Oh, if I knew then what I know now, honey, trying to come up and do radio. I wanted to be the radio vixen because they always felt like women on radio weren't cute enough. (laughs) So I did like this. Um this sexual sexy photo shoot i don't actually regret that actually that was fun i'm not gonna lie that was really fun uh, so <laughs> you know, now that i got a whole 13 year old just google her mom it's like oh, you know yeah. so basically i wasn't out with my legs all open and wasn't dude or anything but um you know it's as far as me having regrets i try not to live with them i really don't i try not to live with them and i try to hold myself accountable for every single thing that i do um, just because I know, hey, you know, this was a choice, and I'm almost, you know, I am I think a lot, so it was thoroughly thought out before I actually did it, you know, so um, yeah. I, I just, I try, I really try not to live with regrets. I live with lessons, and those, these are lessons that are being learned, and as I continue to age and grow older, you know, I'm still going to be hit with more lessons, and, you know, you just kind of decipher what it is that you own what you don't and so um as far as regrets it's, you know i, I just unfortunately right now i just don't live with them you know i just i have a whole lot of lessons so i well, i'm trying to tell you that yeah, yeah, well, say, <laughs> like yeah okay, what, what, what would you do now well one thing i could say about women now is that you know negotiate your pay negotiate your worth because you know, and that's something I tell them all the time. You know, we get into jobs and we don't really take the time. We're so excited that we got the job because it's probably a job that we want or it could be your dream job. And then you go in there and you're settling. And so it's like, yeah. hey, you're settling for something that you truly, you really don't want to do. And for these few dollars, negotiate your pay so you won't have to live with the resentment later on. And if that job isn't for you,
0: it's not for you. I left V103 because I wasn't, receiving what I felt like I should have been receiving. Sometimes we have to pay our dues. So there's a difference, right? When you are learning and you're new to something, then then yeah, maybe you don't quite get paid as much. But once you have really mastered your craft and you know what you bring to the table, then you have to stand up for for what you know is true you have you know what you're worth and if people don't pay for it you know then you got to move around even if it seems like it's you know something great because people will take advantage of you and especially as women we already get paid less than men everywhere everywhere Everywhere. (laughs) still in 2019 we are still paid less
1: it's so it's so unfortunate yes you do you it is. and you did you left for that that reason alone i remember having the conversation about that and a few uh, few things but that was one of the reasons and you're right jakey you have to you know hey let's not pay my dues i've been i've been doing this well over uh 20 years you know and i've had mm. the full-time positions here you know and so i get it i i'm with you
0: it's and, you know, it's not always comfortable to stand in your truth. But, you know, just like you mentioned about the importance of this book and why it's so important for people, you know, to speak their truth and to encourage others to do the same. And that's what you're doing with this book. Um, it's not always easy. You know what I mean? I think sometimes people feel like speaking your truth is going to be comfortable and it's not. It it might mean you struggle a little bit, but you know, you gotta you gotta stand up for what you believe in. Jay, I'll tell you, um, it you know, you're an inspiration to so many women and uh and this movement you have. It's I just wish it like if if I could have stayed in Atlanta just for us to become really good friends, like I feel like mm-hmm. you would end up being my best friend by the end of the year because we just have so much in common. <laughs> Yeah. we, we can still so- be we can still be best friends on the phone.
1: So <laughs> they communicate and come see. But no I get it. I, I really think I I that's you know, I told you when you were making that move, like you don't wanna just kinda of like, you know, just wing it out and get some things going outside of here because I really felt the same way and um truth be told is that uh, you know, we need more women who are open and honest like living in their truth to talk about it and um you know i'm I'm working on a new project now and and it's things that women shouldn't say and only reason why it's said is because you know why is it that women got why why can't i say what i want to say you know like you know why all the male djs and all the male are the hype men and take because they probably cuss and talk crazy and do this that's that to me is so unfair when there are women yeah. out here like Amy Schumer and, you know, so many women who are yeah. doing the same thing and really uh, don't really, not that they don't care, but it's almost like this is their craft. This is what we do. Why can't we just do what we do without you feeling like, oh, she shouldn't say that because she's a woman.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah.
1: like so crazy to me, but. um
0: That's so good. That's so good. Yeah well tell everybody where they
1: can get the book jay nash yay so you can grab the book on amazon um it's girl power uncensored uh we have uh, the kindle version and the paperback right now online i'm working on the audible right now it's taking some time i got approved by acx to start to voice books and this is like um a lot but i'm getting through it So amazon yep amazon is there Um, We're preparing for our College Bound Tour um, where, you know, it's a Girl Power Uncensored College Bound where we're going to talk to these young, we're talking to the college girls, girls that, you know, these are young women who are becoming women. And, you know, at the end of the day, one thing that uh, First Lady Michelle Obama said was that we're raising adults. So now it's about, it's time to have that real conversation and yeah. So, you know, a lot of women are, are are really having tough time on campus, and um, they're losing themselves. And so I wanna, I feel like this the college bound, which I would love for you to be a part of. Um, yes. And, uh, you know, just go to a, a few colleges on the college bound tour, and just be uncensored. And like you said, I am me. You know, just maybe we should totally collaborate on this project because I feel that you know, even my niece and them who are in college, I listen to their stories, and I'm like. Whoa, it's getting worse. And oh, the problem is these institutions don't want to talk about it because they're getting donor dollars. It, you know? so, oh,
0: girl, listen.
1: Yeah, we got to save these girls. We have to break the generational curse. I wish, you know, that's why I'm in the Boys and Girls Club talking to the young girls. Um, And then, you know, we, we I feel like I missed a little bit out on um that age bracket from, you know, 20 to 25 because I was, again, focusing on my teens, my young yeah. girls. And I've missed that, but we have to break the generational curse, even with these men. And so I'm, I need to take a group of amazing women with me that are real, they are going to talk to these girls, and not only just empower them, but make an impact on their lives. And for them to have remember back in the big sister, big brother things were so big when I was growing up, you know? Oh, it yeah. So, it was so oh, yeah. huge that, you know, we're losing out on that. But um, uh, so we'll talk more about that offline. But in the meantime, yes. you know, everybody just go to Amazon girl power uncensored. Uh, we got a girl power uncensored Instagram page where right now we're in the process of creating a, a safe space for women to talk about. Like I'm, I'm talking about anything. We really oh. Talk about anything, whether it makes you uncomfortable or not, it's time for us to start having a conversation. Yeah,
0: That's great. And people can follow you too online too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm online all over on social media. I am J A E Nash. Call um, me there. I need to update my website, but you know, <laughs> this, is <J-Nash. laughs> this is my website. I just kind of been like you said. I'm, I've been taking some time to be, but yet on the grind too, because trying to close get to everything, girl. But at the same, I'm blessed. Yeah, I can't complain. God is really working. He is opening doors for me, and um, and and it's that those doors that are opening are opening doors for me to bring women with me because I realize I can't do it by myself.
0: That's right. That's right. Jane Ash. I'm so, so excited to have you on this show today. And I want to thank you for taking the time out. Um, I am down to support whatever you need from me. Please let me know. Um, I always wrap up my podcast by allowing my guests to give um, one affirmation. So it starts with, I am, and then fill in the blank, um, and and let us know why that affirmation is important to you.
1: I am reaping abundance in my life. I am blessed. And the reason why I am walking in my purpose is because I know that there is something out there for me that's bigger than what I can see right now. And I know that walking through these lines, for me being who I am, is going to help encourage someone else to be who they are.
0: Yeah, that's good. I just that's, that's, yeah, I love it. I, boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Jay Nash. And you all can check out more on Respect My Crown, our past podcasts, upcoming events, and so much more. Uh, check us out at respectmycrown.com. And... Uh, Wow. This is really good. I feel like we might have to have a part two with with Jay Nash later on in the year. Thank you so much. And you are listening to Respect My Crown, the podcast.